Hiya folks, welcome to the ride today. We are about to leave this station, but there's just a couple things I wanna go over with everyone before the train pulls out. Remember, names and places have been changed to protect staff and residents of the cupola. We ask that no one seeks to out or harass any of the people who live and work there. Please listen with an open mind and remember, this is only one community, among many in a very broken system. We could be telling the story of any senior living facility in the U.S. Our experience is our own. We do not claim to be experts, nor are we seeking revenge. We are working through our own heartbreak and believe that our story is worth telling, if for no other reason than to get it off our chest. Thank you for listening. Everybody have your tickets out? All right, let's go. Like, I remember all of these men on the team that were like really cold to me were really warm to you and I was yeah. like okay well I gotta get in with this ass and no one's ever gonna accept me <laughs> I was I will admit I was very well loved like the world was made for men like that to succeed mm and we just get to deal with it. Oh my gosh, I just got a notification from Taco Bell. <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> you can earn double the points. All right, as long as they're not giving me something free, that would have enticed me a little bit more. I appreciate you continuing to be my friend even after like the system tried to break us apart. Yeah. That's, that's real friendship right there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, our friendship is based on spite. And, yeah. Like, it's just a giant fuck you to everybody who tried, who didn't want us to be friends. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm here for it. Sis. If you're writing a mile-long email, don't send it. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah. It's not going to make a difference. They don't care. And I have so many mile-long emails. Woo. Let's go. OK, the last episode that was posted ended with you talking about how um, you applied for the job and they told you that you had it. Yes. They said that you had the job. They said it was all me. Um, and then HR, then talk, I remember, I specifically remember her talking to me and being like, I don't know if like it'll be worth it for you because it's gonna be a salary position and you're pretty much gonna be making almost the same as what you would now but working a hell of a lot more hours. And I was like, I mean, granted, to be completely honest, I think like they, like your salary ended up being bigger <laughs> anyway. It's, I think so too. Um, and then it was just, yeah, like out of the blue, um, I just, they were just like, so they actually already like, hi they went ahead and hired somebody else for the position. And I was just like, what do you mean? Like, and so I had put Damn in an it. application for the director of life enrichment. I was supposed to interview with Franny 
Um, mind you, I have a degree in event management, so I'm very capable of of putting on this job. Well, you already proved that. I had already proved it with the grand opening. Yeah. Um, and uh, I believe if it wasn't the day of that I was supposed to interview with Franny, it was very it, in very close proximity is when she actually brought Cece in to interview her. And I believe, didn't she get the job, like, on the spot? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was, like, a four-hour interview. Yeah. And then um, she gave me, like, a verbal... Well, I guess... I, I don't think... I guess I, she didn't give me the job offer on the spot. I think I interviewed on a Wednesday, and I got the offer on a Friday. Okay. Yeah. And it was very fast. Yeah, it was very fast. Um, she never interviewed me for the job. Um, in fact, I don't think I was ever even told that I didn't get the job. I just showed up. You just showed up. And I hated your guts <laughs> so much. Because, again, I was promised for this job. I do. No wonder Dick was so mean to me. Oh, that is 100% why he was mean. Yeah. Indefinitely. Oh, yeah. Because he loved me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, and Butch was there for my interview. Yeah. Too, but very briefly. Slightly why he didn't like you either was yeah. because I was supposed to be in that job. Oh, I'm sure. Um, oh, I can't wait to interview him. I know. <laughs> um, so he, uh, he should actually probably be our first interview. I think so too. I would say him or. Yeah. I think we should start with the beginning with, yeah. uh, first gen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I do very much remember, um, Franny telling me that probably like right before CC officially started at some quote unquote. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I do vividly remember uh, Franny giving me some quote-unquote words of inspiration that I was going to really like Cece and that she really thought we would have a lot in common and that we would be able to bond. And I hard eye-rolled. Yeah, joke's on her, bitch. We hate each other. (laughs) (laughs) And trust me... Like, if y'all saw my hard eye roll, it's intense, okay? Like, it is very known that I am mad when I am mad. Yeah. So anyway, like, Cece comes about, and I tried really, really hard to hate her, and unfortunately, I failed in that, (laughs) um, because (laughs) Franny was correct. (laughs) It's something I remember in, like... My first, like, week or so, because, <laughs> because Franny set me up, too. She was like, oh, you're going to love Ash. <laughs> you're going to love her, and she's going to be such a great resource to you. And I really want you two to work together. Yeah, she told me the same On thing. all of these things. <laughs> like, she fucking set me up. A hundred percent. And I... <laughs> And it was when the admin office was, like, all wonky. Uh-huh. And, like, the table was in a different room. And, and my desk was out, and she specifically sat us down to talk about events. I yeah, remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but 
short before that, before she sat us down to talk to about events, she asked me to set up a meeting with you. And I came in not realizing what your role was exactly. And I walked in on a sales meeting. Like I opened the door and I was like, hey, Ash, do you want to come meet with me about this? And you were like, legit, like, after my meetings, like, <laughs> like deadpan, deadpan, uh-huh. like, you were like, looked at me through the soul like I was the biggest fucking idiot. And like, I just like interrupted something really important, which, I know I didn't, but like, I was like, no, I can be a real bitch. Oh my gosh. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get on my bad side. But I think that was the only like incident that happened. Like, I think we played nice until yeah. like, until like we started actually doing things together, which Christmas brought us together. Yeah. I be- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause that's when I got married. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mind you, side note. So... <laughs> Um, I think, I think it was like, was it the first Christmas that you, anyway, I got married. It was um, the first Christmas. Was it the mm-hmm. first Christmas? So I got, yeah. Yeah. Cause we got married in 2018. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so I married my long-term high school sweet, sweetheart. Of which we're going to be together for 15 years next year. Oh, my god! Isn't that crazy? Anyway. You're so old. I know. Um, so, anyway, we got, we eloped um, in the first Christmas. And uh, the reason I say that is because Cece gave me, still to this day, my very most favorite Christmas present, which is a cross-stitch of my husband and I dressed as gnomes. <laughs> and I love gnomes so much. <laughs> it's still my favorite Christmas present to date. And then, I, I mean, we just inevitably became best friends. And here we are. Yeah. I mean, I started October 15th. And she got married, what, the 16th? Yep. Of December. Yep. So it didn't take long. It didn't take it long. It did not take but long. I really fought it. Yeah. And, and like... <laughs> Granted, she had reasons to be bitter. Yeah, I did. That job should have been hers, uh, rightfully so. And at the very least, she should have been interviewed and told that she wasn't getting the job. So the way they handled it was completely inappropriate. Uh, But joke's on them, because guess who got written up a year later for being too close to the lay staff? That is true. Me. You have an inappropriate relationship with an hourly employee. Is that really why you got written up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's because I had an inappropriate relationship with you. I was telling you things. I was telling you my suspicions about certain uh, other leadership, and it was inappropriate. Meanwhile, I'm coming from the queen of inappropriateness. Yeah, no shit. I think that brings everybody up to speed on really life before me. Cece's journey to the cupola. 
So Cece, how did you hear about So my situation was really dramatic. <laughs> um, in, in that the reason I was looking for a job and everything that led to me having to leave my job happened very, very quickly. So I worked in, I lived on East Coast and um, my husband was getting his A&P license at Melbourne Airport. So it was really made more sense for us to stay uh, more Eastern rather than Central Florida uh, at the time. But I had just, I, I left my, I can't even talk. Okay. When I started in senior living in Florida, I started in a community in Melbourne and I started as a CNA and I worked my way up to activities assistant. And then um, the activities director job came up for grabs. And similarly to how Ashley was um, stepped over for the activities job at the cupola, I was stepped over at this community. So then I looked for another activities director position and that job I got very quickly. That was a community in Palm Bay. So I started in Palm Bay in, um, it was also in 2018, it was literally January 2018 that I started in Palm Bay. Um, this was a very, uh, very crazy time in my life. Uh, just a lot of changes happening. My mother was dying um, and I had just started this new career. Um, and so I remember that transition was really hard. I literally had to write an email to my boss to tell him, Hey, I'm really excited to start this new opportunity and be a director in your community. Uh, but at some point in the next 30 days, my mother's going to pass away and I'm going to need to take 10 days off. So that was really hard. <laughs> so I had to do that. It was a very emotional. I ended up bringing on board at my new community, two of my really close friends and coworkers from the first place. Um, and one of those, uh, hopefully, maybe I can get them here to interview about senior living because they'd be really cool resources as well. Um, but I ended up at this new community that wasn't the Cupola. I'm going to have to come up with a name. I'm going to call it Lakeport. Nope. No, no there is a Lakeport. Oh. Damn it. <sighs> Uh, Seaside Senior Living. Sure. Seaside Senior Living. That's not hard to say at all. Okay, so Seaside. So I went to Seaside. CC was at Seaside <laughs> by the seashore. CC went to Seaside and started her team and had a great time. I loved that building. It was so beautiful. I saw dolphins and manatees every single day. They were literally like you pull up in the parking lot and there's water view and you can see the dolphins on your way into the building. So I was so, so, so excited. This was like my first director job and I was like, hell yeah, I am in. And I knew there were some things uh, off in the building. There were some... I don't know. I, it was similar to how you started just like, oh, like everything is perfect mm -hmm. when you started the cupola. That's how I felt at um, Seaside. Um, all of the directors ate lunch together in the dining room every single day. That's interesting. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. Like literally served in the dining room. I ordered off the menu. Hmm. And we had like an hour long lunch every day. We just talked and talked and talked. That's and unheard of. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, so it felt like really cool, 
to be part of like the cool kids or whatever. I was really excited about it. Um, but looking back, that's super weird behavior and should not be happening. Uh, there is way too much to do in a building, especially mm-hmm. a building as full as Seaside. Then, like, the director should not be sitting around having lunch casually in front of residents. It's just unheard of. Anyway, I was really excited. I really loved my boss. I thought he was so cool. Um, the owner, however, was really, uh, really, really involved. The owner of Seaside was, he literally set his office up behind the front desk. So he was just constantly there, um, which is just very, very unsettling. Um, as I worked there longer, I learned more from the director of nursing and from my boss that the owner had, um, gone through three management companies already because of his erratic behavior and because he didn't trust anybody with his money. So things were fine for like the first five or six months. They were great. Everything went smooth. The residents loved me. I loved them. It was very manageable. I knew what I was doing. I fell into the groove of it very quickly and had an awesome team. My team was mostly men too. I had three men on my team. And also when I started that job, I literally came in as the director and I had to meet the person who was the current director of life enrichment and tell him, hello, my name is Cece. I'm your new boss and you've been demoted. Ouch. He stayed on my team for the entirety that I was there. That's pretty great. He was really loyal and really solid. And he was actually, and this is probably why, because he was a pastor. So he was very forgiving. Uh, Now it makes sense. But he was so excited. He was like, I'm just so glad you're here because I I can't think the way that you think. And like you think in these big picture terms. And anyway, it it worked out really well. But I think that that, uh, I, I make sure to bring that up in job interviews that I handle that transition. Not anybody could do that. Like that's, that's pretty crazy. Anyway, so I had these, I had these three big guys on my team. I had the pastor, I had Dungeons and Dragons, um, which I'm going to call him that because he's my husband's best friend and they play Dungeons and Dragons together. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. And then I had, um, linebacker. So these three men were just awesome. And, um, it's rare in life enrichment. It's rare in senior living to have a lot of men on your team. So that was kind of cool. And we just had a blast and we, we, we created great memories. One thing that was, um, when things started to go downhill was around the 4th of July, I hired a band. Um, so I had a couple interactions with the newspaper while I worked at, at Seaside. And one of them was for a birthday party for a 103 year old. We called the mayor, we called, um, the, whole like police cruiser team and like we had all these people in the building and I called the newspaper so I had a relationship with somebody at the newspaper for Palm Bay which was really cool and so she wanted to do a feature for us for the 4th of July and how we honor our veterans because Seaside had a veterans wall like many senior livings do so I made sure I was like this is going to be a great event now my budget I'm going to be very transparent about my, my specific budget and my knowledge in senior living as far as activities budgets, uh, because I can, but not everybody can be transparent and that's okay. Um, it just depends on their positioning, but my budget for this community at the time when I started was $2,000 a month for $2,000 a month, I had activities money. Uh, now this was a much smaller community than, um, the cupola. 
Um, and it's a much cheaper area. So I was actually able to do quite a bit with that money. Um, and I planned it out so that in come 4th of July, come July, everything would be paid for, for less than a thousand dollars so that I could take half of my budget, a thousand dollars and put it into this 4th of July event. Um, so after hearing Ashley's episode about an $80,000 event, it really doesn't seem like a big deal to spend a thousand dollars on an event. However, the owner saw the, um, invoice and he was really angry about it. And he, um, told my boss she needs to go like snap judgment immediate. He was so angry. He thought I was misusing his money and he, he really thought of it as his money and whether he invested his own personal money or used investors is none of my business because technically I worked for the management company. They're the ones that paid me. But anyway, he, he was ridiculous. He was very, very angry about it. Um, and then he started to hover and breathe down my neck with everything I did. Um, he started to question me about what I was doing with my time, what my team was doing with their time. Why are there two of your team members in memory care at one time? Why aren't they doing activities in two different places? Well, because it's memory care. And, uh, if you take memory care out on a walk and there's only one of you and somebody has to go to the bathroom, you're screwed. You have to have two people. That's best practice. Anyway, so I was just under this like surveillance state and it was really emotional. It was really hard. Um, didn't know what to do. I just knew I had to get out of there. And my boss, who I, like I said, I really trusted him. I really loved him. Um, he, um, he said, he just asked me, he's like, um, would you think about like, would you consider? I was like, I will take anything at this point. I will take anything to get out of here. Um, because it, it did get to the point of a physical art altercation where the owner did actually, um, grab my arm and lead me to the corner of the, to a corner of the building. This man also had surveillance cameras everywhere in his building. Like he would literally call in the middle of the night and ask the nurses on staff why they were sitting. Like that is crazy. Like he's like, why are you sitting? This is company time. I'm paying you get off your ass. Like he was such a freaking control thing, just micromanaging. So there was a physical altercation. He didn't hurt me or hit me, but he grabbed my arm and he pulled me to where the cameras couldn't see. Um, and he yelled at me, uh, about, uh, how I was misusing his money. So I was just, I was done. I was so emotional. It was too much. I would take anything. Um, I do have an email about my hostile work environment that I sent September, tw uh, 2018, uh, which is about a month before I started at the cupolas. I am being singled out and subjected to unequal treatment and unattainable expectations that no other director is facing. I am watched on the security cameras so obsessively that when I go to my office, my executive director gets a call within 15 minutes asking about my whereabouts and why there are no activities. I, I come in early frequently and stay late and work holidays more often than other directors, and yet I am singled out and reminded that my hours are 9 to 5, referring to an incident on, August, on Friday, August 31st. 
Every director and supervisor has an office, but mine has been threatened. It has been suggested that I should work out of the coffee room where the transportation appointments are made. I build a calendar and activities program and receive and make phone calls with vendors and performers daily, but I am not worthy of an office. I believe the extra surveillance and constant questioning of all of my decisions, even decisions as simple as scheduling a memorial service for a resident, which I did with the full approval and communication from the resident's family, have been amplified since I turned in my statement about the day the owner harassed me in the hall hallway. He has not spoken to me since that day, but his constant disapproval of everything I do is evident and passed on to me through my ED. Not a day goes by that I am not put down, questioned, or further humiliated by the owner and his unrealistic and frankly sadistic expectations for me. It is my belief that he's trying to make me miserable so that I will quit. I am a good employee. I am great at my job. There has never been a resident or family member or staff complain about me or my team. My calendar and expense reports are on time, and any problem that has been pointed out to me by my executive director, I have immediately and actively worked, on to, worked to improve upon or altogether fix. The owner has made Seaview a toxic and hostile place to work. I used to be confident in all of my decisions, but now I question everything. Should I stay and close the wall and put up the chairs after this activity, or should I do a quick activity on the fifth floor? Either way, I will get called out, out in the morning for leaving the wall open or for not doing an activity with fifth floor 30 minutes before dinner. Um, Seaview had like a giant multi-purpose room. And literally, there was, like, a folding wall. That's weird. Yeah. So, it's separated. When you opened it up, it was, like, the movie theater on one side and then, like, a kitchenette and oh. multi-purpose room on the other. So, you'd have to open it for anything that was going to involve more than 15 people. Anyway, so, that gives you kind of a sense of what I was dealing with um, before I... Is he still the owner? ...came to the cupola. Yeah, he is. Wow. He is... So when my boss met I jumped at the chance. He is the one who called uh, Franny. So I didn't even technically apply. Yeah, I remember that very, um, very oddly because when you actually came into the picture, Butch gave me a heads up that, like... I wasn't going to get the job that Franny had decided to make arrangements without talking to me. And I remember him saying he was just like, I don't know. There's something fishy about her, though. Like her boss is sending her with like great intentions saying like he doesn't want to lose her. Right. Like, you know, like didn't want he doesn't want you to go. And so I was just like. Uh, again, like me being the petty bitch that I am, I was just like, this fucking bitch. Like, she's what probably, she doesn't know a hell of what she's doing, and it made me hate her even more. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It was it was a very strange circumstance. <laughs> it was super weird. And, yeah, most of the time, you don't get your boss sending you away with yeah. a great letter of recommendation. And not only, like, like, like setting up an interview for me to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though I was so good. Um, but... I interviewed with Franny. It was a four-hour interview. I was so excited. I thought it was the most beautiful place I'd ever been. I did interview briefly with Butch, um, and and he's really the only person I interacted with. Um, because Butch was Franny's, like... Bitch. Yes, I'm so... Franny relied on Butch, like, through and through. That was, like... 
Butch was Franny's person. Yeah. So he, he, he was the only person that was brought in as part of my interview. And as far as I know, I think that my predecessor was still working there when I was interviewing. Uh, but she was gone by the time I started. But anyway, uh, yeah, interviewed on a Wednesday, got the job offer on a Friday. The day I got the job offer, I was in a lawyer's office uh, talking about my options for uh, filing a lawsuit against the owner of Seaside. But I got my job offer, and I was like, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to go start this new journey. Um, so I was trying to be less petty. Shouldn't have done it. I should, I should always stay petty. Always stay always petty. Stay petty. Don't forgive these people. I mean, you can forgive them, but make them pay you. What the hell? Oh, so I started this new adventure at the Kubla, and I was so excited and so happy. And I think that the trauma of my last position and how quickly it went downhill. Like, I was literally only there for eight months. And it was such a up and down, high and low situation. I think it blinded me to a lot of the red flags at the cupola, for sure. Because I remember you were saying to me way before I was like ready to admit it, that we were a sinking ship, Mm -hmm. that this is a sinking ship. We're failing. This is not how things are supposed to be run. This isn't good. Um, And it's not gonna get better. And I spent a lot of time at the cupola trying to convince you that everything was fine. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And and that was like our... I held on. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. Like, <laughs> I <was> trying... <laughs> sorry. Uh, but yeah, I think that just how drastic that was really made me blind to a lot of the red flags. And what's interesting is like, I think probably like less than two months after I started at the cupola, I got a call from my friend who worked at Seaside with me. She was the director of nursing and we were really close. And she called me and she said, have you heard from our boss? And I said, no. And she said, don't pick up the phone. Do not pick up the phone if he calls you. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm like, why? And she's, she sent me a link and he had just been arrested for um, embezzling thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars from Seaside. Your boss that you got along with really well? The boss that I loved, that wrote me the recommendation letter, that got me out, got me the job, got me the job, got me, like, saved me, rescued me. I was, I loved him so much. He had been arrested in the middle of the night. The police came to his house in front of his children. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. In front of his children and his wife, which, and he hadn't told his wife. So he was terminated shortly after I left. Wow. And he didn't tell his wife. So he was terminated. (laughs) Yeah. And anyway, it was very dramatic. It was very quick. They had a lot of proof against him. And my friend and I, uh, the director of nursing, we were talking and we're like, there were red flags there too. There was like, okay, well, whatever happened to the petty cash at the front desk? Because he would quote unquote, take it to the bank every day at the end of the day, but it never went anywhere. So anyway, it, it was just really shady. He was uh, very much a criminal. He did this at multiple communities. Um, after this happened, we looked into it, and he just had a freaking past of just stealing money from his community. He got another executive director job shortly after being arrested and before he was like officially 
charged or put on trial or whatever. I don't think he got a trial. I think he had pled, uh, had a plea deal, but, um, yeah, he got another job as an executive director in another community because they don't do thorough background checks. Um, and he was terminated from there too, all within the first six months of me working. Um, and it was all for, for theft. So the truth is the owner of Seaside had reasons for being suspicious of me. Money was missing and he didn't know from where. Um, and he didn't understand where it was going. And the thing with my boss is like, he was very smart in that he kept people close to him so that he could use them as scapegoats. Wow. Yeah. And I watched him do that with our memory care person uh, at Seaside. He used her as a scapegoat and she was terrible to work with anyway. So I didn't care. I was like, whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't see that as his like thought process. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I genuinely don't think he wanted to use me as a scapegoat. I think he really, really liked me. And I think that's why he found me a job before all of this came out. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a really hard time with that. And I remember talking to, uh, Dungeons and Dragons boy about it and being like, just not understanding how he could do this and still be a good boss to me and, and care enough about me to make this happen. And also, you know, pay for my PTO when my mother died and cover all of these, like just do all these really kind things, but still be this person. And he, um, told me, um, D and D boy, he told me, he's like, you know, both of those things can be true. Mm-hmm. Those, those two, those two realities exist. He was a good person and he cared about you and he also embezzled money from his company. Mm-hmm. So that was quite a turn of events <laughs> and, uh, prepped me for the chaos that was the next three years at the Coupla. Um, yeah. So what, what was your expectation um, coming to the cupola. Oh, fucking sunshines and rainbows. Right. For sure. Same. Um, I was a little, uh, deflated when I met RBF, uh, for my, uh, oh, background uh, check and everything. She was super rude and just not nice. Um, but, and, and like there were a lot of directors that weren't super like thrilled to have me, but I was just I felt so free. I felt like I was in this like really scary situation for a while or for a long time. And so I was just, I felt so free and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. This is going to be my happy ending. hundred percent. They were mean to you because like I was literally told that it was my job. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fair. I would be too. Like, <laughs> I, I bitch. I would be too. I would be, I would totally be mad for you. And I mad for you it wasn't that how that happened wasn't fair no and it was just such a but it all makes sense it all makes sense and it was just such a crazy batch of circumstances that brought us together so I was so excited I was just excited by the budget like I said my budget at Seaside was two thousand dollars a month my budget at the cupola was ten thousand dollars a month that's nuts. That's insane. That's so much money. I could hire artists to come in and teach art classes. I could hire fitness instructors. I could hire, I could freaking pay for everything. It was magic. I was so happy. So like, it was just a very life-changing thing. So I was so excited. Uh, the first 90 days obviously were just the holidays and it just went so fast. And I was just, 
I loved every minute of it. My commute was an hour and a half one way. Mm-hmm. And so I started spending the night at Alice's house because mm-hmm. she lived in she lived in the town um, next to the next to the cupola. So I would go stay at her apartment um, at night when we had late late um, event nights and things like that, which obviously I did a lot of because that's my job. But yeah, I had very high expectations. Mm-hmm. I thought I was done. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is it. I'm gonna work my way up from here. And yeah. Yep, Cece literally like uprooted her whole wife. Um, she put her family at risk. Yeah. Um, because she had such ambition that this was going to work, that she was going to be able to grow and this would be her long term career. Um, and it would be worth it in the end. Yeah. It would, it would be, be worth, worth the commuting. The uh, it would be worth the move. It would be worth the doubling in my rent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I very much bought into that dream. Um, and my poor husband, he commuted. <laughs> From, like I said, I commuted an hour and a half to the cupola. We moved to a location that was kind of halfway through, halfway between uh, Melbourne and where uh, my building was. So... My husband has was commuting for a 50-minute commute um, every day for about three years. Mm-hmm. Until very recently, we actually just moved back, which is, which is lovely. Uh, new, bit, new changes and things. Uh, but I'm still bitter, so we still have this podcast. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, were there any red flags that initially sparked you before... You, I mean, obviously, you know that there were some serious things going down coming into the job, but did you anticipate anything else and or see anything once you actually started? Um, I was really suspicious of Dick. Um, like I said, he wasn't nice to me, but he also wasn't professional about not being nice to me. Like, he was just openly mean. Um, I filled out function sheets for an event and gave them to him. Before I released my first calendar, he would literally throw them away. Yeah. He would say, like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and, and for those of you who don't know, like filling out function sheets or event sheets is a courtesy that activities directors do for the kitchen team. And it's how they work together. It's how they combine food and beverage and activities, which go hand in hand. So I was pretty heartbroken that he did not want to play nice. (laughs) Also, I was, I was kind of hesitant around him. Uh, I, I feel like my, um, ambition outweighed any fears I had or concerns. I thought we could do some reading through my notes. Okay. From that time. Okay. Let's see. Oh my gosh. Wait. First off, this is from April 26th, 2017. 
Um, this was the activities list that I wrote oh, for events Lord. and activities when I was a coordinator. And when I was trying to get the job of a director, <laughs> uh, make your own trifle bar, super cute. Wheel Fortune, book club, um, Leaf Erickson Day. <laughs> Straight out of SpongeBob. <laughs> You're so funny. Summer camp. They would have hated you for that. Did you actually do it? No, but I wish I did. <laughs> I look so good as a Viking. That's my people. <laughs> Broad shoulders and everything. Uh, summer camp. Luau did those. Baby shower. Decorate onesies. That's cute. If you hadn't been demoted at the time, I would have done that for you. Thank you. But again, I had been written up for being your friend in the first place, so. <laughs> Cultural Appreciation Night, I did that. Uh, Olympics, did that. Mother's Day tea, Father's Day barbecue, mini golf kit, citrus stamped kitchen towels, did that, did that. Soap making. Pilgrim's Progress Night, didn't do that because that sounds boring. Giant board game, board game night with community volunteers, chamber music, spring fleeing. Cultural Appreciation Night, again, sunflower wreath. Um, recycled supplies Ooh, to collect. flower wreath. Yeah, I need that. <gasps> I gotta take a picture. It's at the bottom of my closet. Um, big tin cans, regular tin cans, magazines, toilet paper rolls, glass jars, wine bottles, and corks. Oh, speaking of, I have Mardi Gras toilet paper. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. What? My mom said that. <laughs> what does that mean? Apparently. <laughs> what? what? It's like printed toilet paper, but apparently, like this year, this like past. Like that gives you bacterial vaginosis? Probably, <laughs> but <laughs> um, apparently, like this, the theme for Mardi Gras this year was with toilets because there's like many, like toilet themed beads in that bag. I have to pull some out. They're kind of funny. Anyway, was Mardi Gras planned by a kindergartner obsessed with the poop emoji? Probably, probably. I need to see this toilet paper. You need to go to New Orleans also. We need to make a trip. My, um, if not this year, we have to do next year. And more specifically, if we don't go for Mardi Gras, we have to go for Halloween because it's <sighs> equally as cool. But what? they literally, like... That sounds amazing. They shut schools down in New Orleans for a week for Mardi Gras. Like, everything is closed well, we the week of Mardi Gras. We start planning now. We could do it. Mm-hmm. Next April? Next March? Yeah. Let's That'd go. be fun. Look, this list goes on forever. It's like every yeah, month I had uh, crafts listed out. Really? You really tried. I fucking tried. I um, try so hard. Memory so care activities. April 26, 2017. Uh, Lux Radio Theater, gui guided sensory activity. I wanted to have electives like you do in elementary school where you have, like, music really or um, culture or, you know, like, exercise or something. Ask family members to print photos for individual memory boxes and scrapbooks. I like the idea of doll therapy. Not for everyone, but some residents could benefit. You know, one thing that I really, really, really wish we would have done, the one good idea that you know who had that I wish she didn't have, but it was a good idea, was beer brats and hooters. I wish we would have done that. That would it have would been... been so freaking cute. Can you imagine? I can. Minus that would have creeped me out. No, I was honestly thinking of Right? Oh. <laughs> 
back. He would be so into that. Mm -hmm. I I love that so much. I know. That's the one thing. I think about it. My God, that would have been so freaking cute. Damn it. Pool noodle Lincoln logs. That's cute. That is a cute idea. Did you come with the, up with all this stuff by yourself? Yeah. I don't remember. It's 2017. Do you remember what you were doing in 2017? No. I think so, but that's why I keep all my things. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I, I, maybe this is a toxic trait, but whenever I interact with somebody in a negative way, especially at work, I tend to put the notes in my notes app for later for receipts. So this is July 5th, 2017 at 6.07 p.m. I did You're not write so down funny. who this happened with or what it was, okay? So July 5th, 2017, walks by me as I'm waiting for the elevator, holding a list of people I have to remind to go to mass. Oh, good, you have that. I wondered if one of you would get around to printing that out. Condescending tone. <laughs> walks towards me as I wait for the elevator. Do you know where the white tables go? I just watched you through the window folding one up and saw you left it in the fitness room. Yeah, I know where they go. I've just been leaving that one in there because we use it for mass. Okay, well, if you know where they go, and I wrote no with like seven O's, if you know where they go, then you should make sure it gets there and do something about those beach balls. Do you even use them? We are letting them deflate so we can put them in storage. Hmm. Eye roll emoji. I'm going to guess that was my old executive director. I'm guessing. That sounds like her. Hashtag trust issues. Trust issues. You're so funny for doing that. <laughs> it's amazing. That is pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. So if you've ever um, done something against me, believe me, I've got it written down somewhere. <laughs> what I'm capable of and why I am valuable. Mm -mm. December 7th, 2017. Cecilia Sperry is a young, enthusiastic activities director working in Melbourne, Florida. Every day she walks into her workplace with a smile and an approachable demeanor. <laughs> LOL, you're funny. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> this is 2017. It was before. Before things got bad. Every... Um, Residents come up to her with concerns they have or when they need help, and she consistently delivers. Her activities are well thought out, organized, and on budget, and most importantly, they bring an enjoyable experience for all who attend, whether they be staff, residents, or family members. Um, so I think I wrote this out. It goes on for a lot longer. Um, and I sent this in uh, as part, or I used it as my talking points for when I did interview for the first activity director job that I didn't get. And this is my exit letter from the first community. Um, it says Maxi. Maxine was she, this person, she got the activities job that I didn't. And I said, thank Maxie, thank you for trying to work with me and make me comfortable. It says a lot about your character that you would even care about how the job transition made me feel. I don't hold a grudge against you, but I don't want my success to be defined by, insert uh, name of community here. 
by their timeline. I've been offered a job at another facility as a director. They are giving me a month to get my affairs in order, and I'm using that month to be with my mom. There's probably a more graceful way for me to quit, but right now, this is all I have the energy for. I won't be returning after Christmas. Good luck. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> So this was that was like a resignation, <laughs> like to go to the cupola. No, that was the first one before. Well, to go to Seaside. Oh. Yeah. So this was like pre. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. You're so funny. <laughs> Good I luck. I don't have the energy. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 was really it, and I think that kind of brings us up to date on. Uh, where we were, how we met, how we got into this mess, why we're on this couch right now talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So we have some more characters to name and to talk about uh, for other episodes, but I think think this is good for now. I think this is a good resting place. I feel like I've gotten a lot off my chest today, so. Me too. Yeah. So and that's what's most important. Yeah. This is a healing journey for us. Uh, our husbands are tired of hearing about it, so we're just going to talk to each other. We're going to talk to each other, and then maybe you'll listen. Yeah. And maybe you'll want to talk to us, too, because, you know, we'd love to have you as a guest. If you've worked in senior living before, reach out and... Also, mental health is very important. Let's just get that out of the way and say it out loud. Take care of your brain. Yeah, and your heart. And your heart. Yeah, I think that's um, lesson learned for you and I, Mm -hmm. for sure. I I think um, the last, so our last day at the Cupola was December 30th, and I just feel like a different person, Mm -hmm. you know, and as heartbreaking as that uh, ending was it was really necessary and I feel better and I know you feel better too even if it's shit sometimes and we're still mad so yeah we're working through it we're working through it and hopefully we can help other people work through their trauma absolutely especially if it's senior living trauma because that's the kind we're most familiar with And also just job trauma in general and not being appreciated. You deserve to be appreciated at work. And if you feel like you're being walked on, it's okay to quit. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Give us a call. All right, bitches. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated and stay petty. Bye.